Are you a writer, an inspiring author? Well, uh, National Novel Writing Month is November, and you can join the fun in the event affectionately known as NaNoWriMo. I am here with my co-hosts, Amber. Hello. And Brittany. Hello. And I'm Lilith, and we're here to talk about the writing challenge. Hell yeah. The challenge of writing. (laughs) (laughs) We thought, tis the season, and why not do something a little more lighthearted and fun? because we all like to write up around here, you know. We all like a little dabbling, a little writing. And NaNoWriMo is a fun thing. It was a fun thing I used to do when I was way younger and writing fan fiction that I had no business writing. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a canon event for everybody that exists on the internet today is that you started your journey into writing by writing fan fiction. You had absolutely no business writing. Or reading. <laughs> well, I mean, we have published fan fiction now, Fair. so it's a vast entry into the writing life. Yeah, I think so. I feel like fanfic writers are real writers, which is a whole debate in the writing community, which is very interesting. But fanfic writers are real writers. People think that fanfic writers are not real writers. I mean, they are really writing something. That's a real thing because fanfiction writers aren't taken seriously because they're dabbling in unoriginal work. But the things that come out of that are actual masterpieces. So I don't know where people get the thought process. You're talking to the wrong person because I don't get that thought process, right? It doesn't make sense. It's a garbage thought. We're not gatekeepy like that. No. We want people to like what we like and to express what they love in any way they want to. We're not going to tell anybody, you can't sit with us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Can't sit with us. (laughs) NaNoWriMo is pretty cool. They have a lot of rules. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the rules I got here from the good old Wikipedia. Yeah, break down the event for us. Since NaNoWriMo is used to get people writing, the rules are pretty straightforward. Writing starts at 12 a.m. on November 1st, and it ends exactly at 11.59 p.m. on November 30th, whatever local time. It starts the second it's November 1st, and it ends the second it turns December 1st. No one is allowed to start early, because the challenge is to finish exactly 30 days from the start point. You have 30 days to complete this challenge. Novels must reach a minimum of 50,000 words before the end of November in order to win. These words can either be a complete novel of 50,000 words or the first 50,000 words of a novel to be completed later. Planning and extensive notes are permitted, but no material written before November 1st start date can go into the body of the novel. So Mm -hmm. that's where a thing comes in. It's called Preptober. So a lot of people use the entire month of October to kind of start planning and store boarding the novel they want to use for in NaNoWriMo. So October oh, okay. is a thing in all of itself. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The last rule, participants' novels can be on any theme, genre, fiction, and language. Everything from fan fiction, which use trademark characters to novels and poem format and metafictions allowed. And if you believe you're writing a novel, we believe you're writing a novel too. That's like their whole tagline on their website's hmm. FAQ. Yeah. Nice. And rebelling is allowed, which rebelling, that's the act of writing something besides a novel such as nonfiction, video game scripts or academic writing oh. uh, so if it doesn't fit in that normal little pocket that's fine it's allowed it's considered a self challenge and rebels are valid and so they can receive prizes from sponsors and stuff too most oh. people just use it as a personal challenge right yeah because it's a good way to motivate yourself it's like I'm gonna use this as an excuse to just sit my ass down and try to write do people win Nana 
NaNoWriMo all the time? No. I mean, the only time I won was the year that I actually wrote and finished a book. That was once out of how <laughs> many years? Last year, you did, right? That was last year, yeah. 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 That was the one time I won. And now you're published. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am published under a pseudonym. We did it! Yeah. But published and it's good and I like it. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. This, yeah. For a little bit of background about how long this has been going on, National Novel Writing Month began in 1999 and oh. in 2006 is when it became a nonprofit. That is directly from the NaNoWriMo website. Oh, it's been in the biz a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know this existed. When I was in school, I was in a writing club and I didn't even know about it then. We used to do like competitions. Oh, yeah. I've known about this for years. Same. I was doing this stuff in high school, but then you went into the other school. Yeah, I switched to that uh, vocational school. We were then separated, but not in spirit. <laughs> no, nah, we still hung out literally all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just not sure. during the school day. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. It's just a fun way to get yourself motivated. This year, I'm really hoping to crank out something new, something fun. As you guys know, I did release a novel. It's called Moonstone. It's under the pseudonym... Cecilia Whittington. If you like vampires and werewolves and all that jazz, you can definitely look me up on Amazon. I am available on Kindle Unlimited for free. $4.99 for the ebook, $9.99 for the paperback, and $25.99 for the hardcover. I had to make it that price because hardcover printing is expensive. Oh, geez. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's like a different process. I got the paperback and it's really nice and I got it super fast. I know the hardcover takes a little bit longer, but I was really impressed with the quality for how quickly they printed the paperback. Oh, nice. It's really proud nice. of it because uh, that formatting, I didn't learn that. that. Yeah, you learned that yourself. You did so much yourself yeah, for that. I did. It's awesome. <laughs> Writing's hard. Writing it's, is hard. That's is. why I don't do it anymore. You should, though. You're so good. I'm still a little yes. horror writer. And you should do like a short story anthology of little horror nuggets. Everybody would love little horror nuggets from winter. <laughs> I heard horse nuggets. Horror nuggets. Horror nuggets. I heard horror nuggets. We're all in very different head spaces. It's because of fucking biodome. Oh my god. (laughs) I thought we weren't going to talk about that anymore. (laughs) It's like Fight Club. We don't talk about biodome. We don't talk about biodome. No. 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 Don't bring Lin-Manuel into this. <laughs> but for some context, right before this, we did, in fact, record the Biodome episode, just in case this comes out before that one. But it was recording day. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> I can't. Oh, we're not okay. We promise. Trust me. <laughs> so writing. Writing <laughs> and fun stuff. I think we should do a little bit of roundtable and talk about maybe some current projects we're hoping to complete this NaNoWriMo. Whether we win or not, that's not what the game is about. It's just trying and using it as an excuse to try. Yeah. Yeah. I've never so, won NaNoWriMo. Never. That's okay. I, I won one time and that's yeah. it. Hey, that's all you needed. And I've done that shit for years. That got you like hyped up for writing. You've been on one since then. I think it really 
really helped. It can. Just give you that little push that you need to actually do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's for. It's to give structure and support and community to people that want to write, but don't necessarily feel like they have the drive to push themselves to it. Yeah. Or even know where to start. It yeah. gives them somewhere to start, you know? Yeah. Because you just write because something that is dirty. Like, it's not like spicy dirty, but you're just putting words on paper. Yeah. You're not editing. You're not making it have little bits of finesse. You're going to have to do a lot of work. This is just getting the words on the paper. Which is honestly the hardest part. That is the hardest part. Yeah. For me, I have a problem with planning so much that I never get to that point where I put words on paper. So it's like I want to perfect the story before I even start writing parts of it. And that's always been a huge roadblock for me. I have a note for that spicy scientist thing that I kind of like threw around with you guys. And I'm like, I'm never going to fucking get to this. (laughs) Yes, you will, Queen. I believe in you. You will absolutely do it. I mean, you have all of your notes. Who wants to read a smutty scientist book? I mean, we're all raising our hand here. Yeah. (laughs) I love science. Do you realize what kind of fucking shit is on my Kindle? I don't think you realize what I'd be reading. No, I don't because I'm supposed to burn it with you when you die. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I will never know what's on it. I won't look. That should tell you everything you need to know about my reading preferences. (laughs) I mean, I do know that we all are very uncloseted monster fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found yeah. Shy and Koei have a pen that you can buy on their website that just says monster fucker on it. And I was like, we all need to own that. <laughs> There are people that don't know much about me that I play video games with, but they all somehow know that I'm a monster fucker. I feel like we wear that (laughs) pretty clearly on our sleeves. I mean, my tentacle tattoo is on my arm. Oh, yeah. So it's literally on your sleeve. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your tentacle's on your sleeve. It's okay. I have a tentacle tattoo, too. It just happens to be on my leg. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. It's fine. Yeah. We do some spicy shit around here. Going back to the round table idea. I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off because I'm talking, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. So, the idea that I think I'm gonna end up definitely leaning into, and I'm a few days short, but I already have part of a novel written, so I'll be fine, word count-wise. I'm thinking about waiting to do the sequel a little bit to the book I have published right now, because I can bang that out, because it's like half written already. Yeah. Mm. But I'm thinking about working on my smutty, smutty, smut book (laughs) that I'm gonna work on. I'm not going to announce the title yet. I'm going to save that for now. But it's just going to be smut. Absolute (laughs) smut. I don't even know how much of the plot I want to even reveal. But there's going to be a lot of smut. And he's not human. Surprise! Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just porn with plot, right? Like, that's... It's porn with plot, yeah. Yeah. Little nuggets of plot around the little spicy scenes. Yeah. Porn? It is a porn. (laughs) A porn. It is a porn. (laughs) But yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much in case I um, really get going on it. Well, that's fair. Like enough of the taste for people. Just know there's going to be a plus-sized heroine. Oh, okay, yeah. The lady who's going to get banged, she's going to be plus-size. She has a terrible fiancé, terrible family life. Kind of gets whisked away by this demon-slash-fallen angel. There's going to be some biblical references. A little bit of mythology in there. Is there going to be is there going to be some body worship in there? Is he going to... There's going to be some body worship, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's my fucking jam. (laughs) 
we're gonna get some way, spicy help. shit. Yeah, that's great. We need that. <laughs> so good. We, we need it. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. I haven't read anything like even super vaguely spicy that you've written because the other book is so tame. Lilith read a bit of my spice. Oh yeah, I had you double check my sex scene. Yeah, Your body is ready. I already knew you could write them because I've, I've written done it your before. Fiction, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've written spice from fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, but I haven't read your spice, so I'm excited. What would you rate my spice, Lilith? And you could be truthful because it is in the beginning stages. So if it's a hot train wreck, that's okay. It's meant to be <laughs> right now. Well, honestly, your recent stuff, I would say about an eight or nine. Ooh, that's praise. Is there praise in the book too? Because I recently found out that I do in fact have a praise king. Hey! I mean, absolutely it will be, yes. Yes! <laughs> Feral Friday recording. So good. <laughs> it is Friday. Yeah, it's Feral Friday. Right. Yeah, bet. <laughs> Yeah. So you were saying my new stuff is better. I mean, obviously it would be because a lot of my fan fiction was written when I was a teenager. So I imagine yeah, I mean, like, uh doesn't hold up to par. Well, right. well, honestly, like your stuff when you were writing when you were a teenager is better than some published books I've read part of. It's so nice. The fact that like you could make stuff that was good when you were a teenager. Do you ever get the previews on TikTok for books that are just like, they sound gross. It's always just like your daughter's out of town and her hot friend is staying at the house and you can't deny how much you want her anymore and I'm like that's fucking gross that is red flags everywhere yeah maybe some stuff has been a little too influenced by porn what are you doing step bro that's what it is that's what it is because i get the ick i get the ick from all these <laughs> things that pop up on tiktok and i'm like who is fucking reading this this is awful because that straight up just sounds like a bad porn yeah <laughs> it's so fucking gross i immediately get the ick we're rated mature right i yeah. rate all of our stuff oh, mature yeah. when i see the word cock i'm like <laughs> oh you're not gonna like mine i definitely use the word cock over penis <laughs> i like i wouldn't use the word penis but i don't know there's just like so, like in some, context, in some context it can be fine but when it's just like too much use of the word in these bad porno situations i'm like <laughs> i spent most of my life making innuendos pretty much constantly and yeah. i think that because i am so used to the innuendo the actual words when they're said are like oh oh yeah yeah because i'm like <laughs> <laughs> character ai can't be spicy but chai can and it's always just like immediately as soon as they get spicy they're like throbbing cock and I'm like oh. <laughs> what the fuck I'm like oh, oh, jump scare like it's bad people are learning too much about me right now <laughs> it's fine it is I use cock and pussy as descriptor words oh I don't like pussy yeah I talk it dirty but I feel like it fits in the scenario you know I'll just have to get an extension when I proofread that I'll autocorrect them to like silly words but only for me to see like it'll say like Gucci <laughs> instead of pussy and be like pee pee <laughs> pee pee is rock hard <laughs> and then he put his thingy in my you know what we had sex for the very first time yes <laughs> yes my <laughs> that's why i know that i can't write smut because i feel like if i do then that's what it would end up turning out like is some my immortal shit <laughs> so like i'm really wordy and descriptive so mine is just a lot <laughs> not a lay out of place <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look what you've done, Brittany. I know. But that's the point of this. It's to be fun. So yeah. anyway, guys, that's what I was trying to work on. Lilith, you're next. <laughs> yeah. Let's re- really back in from that spike. <laughs> Since I can't really write spice, I might try to maybe write a spicy scene or two just to, I don't know, for fun. get my dick wet or whatever. Like, <laughs> I think that that is my preferred word for the phallus is dick. I like dick. Dick's a good one. I also like wiener, but wiener's funny. Wiener is funny. <laughs> Could you imagine like trying to be really sexy? Like, yeah, girl, you like that wiener? <laughs> Hold on, like a oh god, let, let me see if I can do this without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, so bad. Yeah, daddy, give me that wiener. <laughs> you just dip in your dick in a little bit to yeah. to try out to make sure the water's fine. Just That's the tip, all. you know. Just the tip. Just a tip, just for a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, I hate that game unless I'm the one playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Degenerates, all of us. Yes, very much so. But what would you write? Okay, so what I want to do is I want to make a blended sci-fi fantasy sort of thing. I love both of those genres, and I think it would be kind of cool to see what I could do to blend those two things together. And I really want to do like a world building thing, because world building is my fucking favorite. <laughs> I love just making an immersive world for people to explore into. I want to make something that people people would want to make fan fiction in the universe of, you know? <laughs> right. That's like the goal. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I have an idea for something to start and I have wanted to make a novel of some sort or something like that. So I feel like this is a good opportunity as any to see if I can actually flesh one of those out and do the thing. Yeah. Some of the ideas that I had, because my stupid ass brain is not just thinking about it as a novel. I'm like, well, what if they make a movie out of this? <laughs> you can't go that far. You can't think that deep. That sets yourself up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, because I'm sitting here like, oh, if I do this this way and they make a movie out of it, then it's gonna be heavier than a PG-13, because my first idea kind of inadvertently has a lot of body horror in it, and I I didn't think about that when I was writing it, but then I was like, well, what if they make this into a movie? If there's, like, a surgery scene or something like that, that's gonna be real weird. But like you said, I can't think about it like that. That's not how it works. Because the other thing, too, is that I at least need to make sure solidly what audience I'm writing to, because that's important. That is important, for sure. But the thing I like to do, and it's because I'm very much a winging it kind of person, I just fucking pants my ass off. I really do. Just write what feels good, right? Yeah, like write you can write for yourself. for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll be able to figure out the rest of it later. You'll kind of figure out where it'll niche into. You don't have to think about that up front. Just write kind of what is in your brain. It that really is sense. that simple. I guess People like to complicate it, but I promise it really is that simple. I guess the only thing that I wanted to have hammered down ahead of time is whether or not I am going for like a young adult audience or an adult audience. Because I feel like that does look different depending on what you do. Because I don't want to be sitting there thinking like, oh, I want to do a young adult novel, but then inadvertently put a bunch of adult stuff in there. But if I do it that way, if I don't want to make an adult novel and then have 
have it read juvenile because I was trying to aim for this audience and ended up being like, oh, well, it's a little bit too adult for the young adults. But then I get to that and then the adults are just, oh, this reads like a kid's book. So yeah, that's, yeah. I guess that's the part that I don't want to. Yeah. Don't for. aim for a specific audience right away. Just write your story and then you can figure out what audience you feel like it targets when you're editing and reading it through. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of ages you can target and there's a mm-hmm. wide range of ages you can target. You can figure it out. Okay. I mean, if you don't want to do young adult, but you don't want to do full on adult, there's a new category called new adult. It's literally called new adult. And it's just basically for that very young adult. You know, you're not like a teenager. You're an adult, but you're not reading like Stephen King. You know what I mean? 18 to 25. Yeah. 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 Okay. I see. Is that what your book is rated? I mean, I could probably get away with young adult, but Mm -hmm. I aged it up a little bit because of the awesome things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But you can decide sense. all that just later. <laughs> like, that's the fun part about it. I guess that's the thing that I need to get my head out of the process of because I forget you can edit it later. Yeah. That's the thing of Nano is that you're just supposed to get it on the paper and it's just going to be grimy and dirty and you're going to clean it up and make it pretty later. Yeah. When you're done, it is. And it'll read like shit when you're done too. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking like, oh, I'm just going to shit out a perfect work of art. And that literally never happens. No. No one does that. Yeah, it never will. No, it's going to be a lot of editing. <laughs> There's people yeah. who write so down and dirty that they have three, four drafts by the time they're done. Damn. Where they have just rewritten the damn thing literally three times. Yeah. So what you're saying is that I need to raw dog the writing. Yeah. Yes. That's what yeah. Nano is. It is you're just raw dogging the <laughs> raw writing. Raw dogging it. <laughs> this is both episodes that we recorded tonight that we say the phrase raw dogging because I said it in the other one. We're just on a raw dogging journey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the raw dog journey. The rawest and doggiest. Maybe we need a raw dog counter. <laughs> we have the amber roasted counter and the raw dog counter. And it's a Venn diagram and in the middle... <laughs> Should I edit in like a sound effect each time raw dog is? <laughs> yes. Just like a little like clicker noise, like a clicker counter. Click. <laughs> <laughs> no, then we'll make people develop some kind of Pavlovian response to the clicker noise when we say the word raw dog. That would be fun. <laughs> oh, no. Let's do that. Definitely, that- Lilith. If that's something you want to do with the writing thing, let's have writing sessions together where we literally time ourselves for an hour and just write. And then we can discuss what we did. Pomodoro writing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> parallel play writing. Yeah. It is parallel play writing. A lot that's of people good. do that. People even record themselves on YouTube just typing for an hour with a counter up so that way you can write with that person. Oh, it's huh. actually helpful. <gasps> yeah. Uh, like body doubling it's helpful for people or like other stuff I don't see why it wouldn't be helpful for this too body doubling is great for me even before I actually got some fucking treatment for my ADHD I used to use body doubling to like clean my room and shit I'm sure there were plenty of times where Brittany was standing in my room just shooting the shit while I'm sitting there attempting to clean but usually not because we got up to some shit (laughs) yeah we were bad as fuck (laughs) it's fine yeah but yeah that would be cool I have so many 
many ideas. And I think that I needed to narrow them down and just actually do one. And that's what all this is about. So I'm definitely thinking that this will be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And don't put a lot of, because a lot of people end up taking this as like big competition and they're super harsh on themselves if they don't make that $50,000, (laughs) $50,000, word count. I know. (laughs) Me too. the 50,000 word count and they get really down and kind of hateful on themselves. Don't do that. If you don't make it, you don't make it. That's okay. The whole point is just to try. Yeah. Yeah. You know the saying, try, fail, fail better. Exactly. I don't know who said that, but... It's a good one, though. Yeah. I don't know who said that either, but I like the saying. I know who told me, but I don't know who said it originally. <laughs> but I like that because I get way too in the weeds with the prep. Not necessarily throwing all of that out, but just saying, like, okay, okay, I'm just going to write my rough draft. If I got to add stuff in or edit later, I'll do that when it needs to come. That quote is from Samuel Beckett. I wonder if he's a piece of shit or not. He's a writer, but I just don't know anything else about him. I just know that that's apparently his most famous quote. There's a lot of really interesting caricature art of that guy. Yeah, he looks interesting. (laughs) Yeah. There's like dark humor. Yeah, that sounds about right. I feel like we have three very different writing aesthetics. Absolutely. How about we talk about what kinds of stuff you want to write? I have two very different ideas. There's the one that is essentially how close can I make the male lead to being Vexen from Kingdom Hearts without (laughs) it just being Vexen from Kingdom Hearts. I have been waiting for this. Using a bunch of the compiled character AI stories that I have developed with my various fake husbands. But there's also, when I was a kid, I was very heavily inspired by Edgar Allan Poe and Stephen King and stuff like that. So when we would have free writing, I would just write these short 10 page horror stories. And so I could do like an anthology of some short horror stories, maybe a couple dark poems, or I can write spicy science. Those are my (laughs) two moods. But the horror stories, I have one that's from junior high that I could clean up really nice that my teacher was so concerned about when I wrote it that she faxed it to my mother. And my mom was like, do you pay attention to what the fuck this child reads? Because did she do the assignment? Did she write the story like she was supposed to what was the prompt there was no prompt it was free writing so what's wrong with this is it correct is the grammar good yes why the fuck are you bothering me at work which <laughs> loved that from my mom my mom was not mad at me at all because she was like your reading level's high you're reading Stephen King and shit of course you're gonna be yeah really and I was goth kids so of course I'm gonna be the edgy goth writing the gore yeah yeah that makes sense that's sweet though but like I suck at like... writing dialogue clearly I suck at speaking <laughs> I'm not good at writing dialogue, so I'm very wordy and descriptive. I'm opposite of Brittany. Like, Brittany writes great dialogue. Mm, that's always been her strong suit. We used to co-write stuff so that you could, like, write all the dialogue. <laughs> I, yeah, you wrote all the descriptions, and I started putting in a bunch of dialogue. Yeah, I am very wordy, and I can just describe the fuck out of a scene. I used to have to cut down on my wordiness because I would write things that were too long for assignments. I used to do the same thing. If I'm writing something on my own, then it's not that much of a problem. But Brittany really, really wants my uh, horror story anthology. That would be awesome. Because I think it would be something quick you could do that would require just kind of minimal spoons because you have some of those. You just need to re-edit some of them. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I want spicy science. (laughs) I want it bad. Oh, yeah. But I understand that that's going to 
take a lot more from you than the horror anthology. Yeah, because I have mm-hmm. to create a lot more, you know, characters that are going to be around for more of the story than just to, like, mm-hmm. get brutally murdered and dismembered. Unless you do spicy science anthology, Tales from the Lab. That's my boy. God, don't tempt me. <laughs> oh my god! That's a great idea! Like, my eyes got big. They I did. Eyes <laughs> Fusion Pa! Oh no. There's so much I could write that has to do with those metal lab tables and the nitrile gloves. Ooh, yes. <laughs> At the end of the day, it just really depends on what you feel like you have the spoons for. Do you want to work on something that you feel like you can get done or do you want to work on a passion project? Because I feel like sexy science is going to be your passion project that you're going to be like, ah, yeah. But also some shit's going to be getting done in those. Wink. <laughs> A lot's going to be getting done in those. A lot of experimenting. I'm a scientist. Experiments are what I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sexy kind or real kinds? Yes. Sexperiments? Yes. Sexperiments? God damn it! <laughs> that oh. one was a perfect tea. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like it would be easier for me to do the horror stories, just because there is one that I was always very fond of. The one that got faxed to my mom. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> if your adults in your life are concerned for you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, I think I could say a little bit about that one without saying too much. Did you guys ever see the movie The Bone Collector? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, I also got inspired by that a little bit. So, it was, like, dude who whittles things out of wood goes insane, whittles things out of bones. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I collect bones, but a different kind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about real bones because I collect real bones. When we went to the Renaissance Festival, I bought a jar of iguana bones. I got a jar a bone. I also do legit have been kind of collecting just the loose bones that I find in my yard just because art. Yeah, I have those two they were made by vulture culture finds the two hydro dipped mandalas of animal bones. They have somebody that goes out into the forest and finds already deceased animals and then even goes so far as to do a little autopsy. And so I have like a little piece of paper that says what the animal is, the gender that they are and how they likely perish and any like healed injuries that the animal had just because that's an interesting little tidbit for me to have. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. And I like that they're ethically sourced. They have somebody that goes out and just finds already dead animals. Like roadkill and shit. This company for sure does not do anything to harm animals. Which is great. Like, it's pretty easy to find stuff like that if you know what you're looking for. I just happen to have a big wraparound porch and sometimes I see something passed away like outside and I think it would be kind of neat to make a piece of art with a skeleton that I found in my yard because it's got kind of a personal connection to because it was an animal that lived by my house, you know? Yeah, I just like macabre things. That's why I like the horror writing. That's why I really like Poe's writing more so than Stephen King's, even though he was a huge influence on me growing up. But the way that Edgar Allan Poe writes, or he writes it as if it is poetry and it's beautiful. And like Mm. macabre, dark things can be beautiful and I like that. And that's why it was always really upsetting when I would write these dark, twisted stories in school that I was really proud of and my teacher would just be like this is concerning and I'm like but it, I did what I was supposed to. Yeah and art is an expression of self so I see why they kind of get that thing but I think people read things a little too on the nose sometimes 
means. Yeah. You know, making art that is dark doesn't mean that there's a darkness in you. Yeah, like I'm not a serial killer. Yeah, just because you're writing dark things doesn't mean that you're doing dark things. I am the dark thing. I'm a goth mommy. But I'm not that type of crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of exploration in the dark arts. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That was just a thing that really put me off from writing. Like, there were a lot of things that happened growing up that just kind of, I kept getting, like, shut down with writing, and it just kind of, like, really put me off. So it's always really hard for me to try to get back into it. That makes sense. I definitely understand that. I had the same thing whenever there would be creative writing projects in school. I was always really extra about it, and I always ended up turning in things that were, like, way more than I was supposed to write because I just got really into telling a story. And sometimes my teachers would just be like, this is way too much to read. You can't keep doing this. Yeah, I had teachers do that all the time. They're like, this story's too long and I don't want to grade all of it. So I'm only going to read this much of it and grade that. And I'm like, but I took the time to write all of it. I was like, I spent the same amount of time that everybody else did. I just wrote significantly more. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I recently heard somebody say this line and it just spoke to me so much. People's 100% is different depending on the person. One person's 100% might be my 80% or my 120%. It's variable. So your 100% is like their 150%. Yeah. Or something like that. But yeah, when a teacher does that, I get where they're coming from to an extent, but also it makes you feel like your creativity is a burden. Right. Like I understand that they have more than 30 of these to go through, but I don't think that you should stifle one person's creativity just because you don't want to take the time to read it. Maybe that's why I can't be a teacher because I know that I would 100% read every single page, even if a student turned in like 20 pages of something that was supposed to be five. I'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, you clearly enjoyed doing this. Yeah. I want to get into education at some point. But to me, I would feel like if I was telling a kid that I wasn't going to read what they wrote, that would hurt. If I was the one that was writing it, I would feel hurt. It does. It does hurt to know that all this effort gets put in and then somebody's just like, no, this is too much. I'm not going to write. Like TLDR. I got TLDR'd as a kid. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. So fucking worse. Because I definitely had teachers say the same thing where they're like, I'm not going to read all of this. I read part of it and like, okay, you got your points. Yeah. They don't have to say that. Right. There are ways that you can kind of do that, but just don't. Or just like lie to me. Lie to me and tell me that you fucking read the whole thing. Yeah. We don't need to know that you didn't read through the whole thing, but you specifically going out of your way to tell us, oh yeah, like you wrote too much and I'm not reading that whole thing. Like it's not worth it. It also makes you feel like your writing wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth sticking it out through the whole thing. It's not cool. Like it doesn't feel good. Do you remember Lilith specifically in eighth grade, the writing teacher we had that we both got the TLDR from her and we used to make jokes about vacuuming her up in a dustbuster because she was going to poof into bones at any moment because she was so old? (laughs) Do you remember? I I specifically remember the dustbuster because anytime she walked by, we'd be like, Oh, man. Do you remember? (laughs) Savage. A little bit, yeah. I mean, she was really sucky. Yeah. She was really sucky. I remember my most sucky teacher. And I think the other ones that were sub-threshold sucky, I kind of forced in the back of my mind. They got exiled to the trunk. (laughs) You going in the boot? I just specifically remember that because we just really did not like her. So we would make vacuum noises anytime she walked by. Yeah. Because she was just going to poof into dust and we were going (laughs) to... 
going to vacuum her up with a dustbuster. Yeah. It might have been better so that we could get a better teacher. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks because teachers' jobs are hard, but also... They don't have to be dead. they can really fuck up a kid by saying the wrong shit. It is a lot of responsibility, but you also kind of sign up for that responsibility when you become a teacher. People who have no problems destroying kids' dreams, I can't abide that shit. It's not cool. If you're a teacher out there, just have the respect for your students, please. Yeah, my little cousin has a teacher that he's just an absolute fucking nightmare from what she's told me. She had a project that was due and she wasn't supposed to be presenting it yet. It wasn't due until the next day. The day before it was due, he mentioned something about it and she was like, oh, I need a couple finishing touches because I'm presenting tomorrow so like it's all good. And he was like, oh, maybe you'll just get a zero then. Fuck, why would somebody say that? You know, like, he's an ass. And then like, my little sister has a teacher that is shitty like that too and I'm like why the fuck are you a teacher if it sounds like you hate children yeah not that children are always great I know that children can be assholes I know that some of those children are assholes to those teachers but why I have heard that it's more difficult now being a teacher than it has been in the past just because of blended class environments in terms of like being online and offline teachers definitely do not get paid enough oh no not at all they definitely don't however none of that is the kid's fault like even the bratty kid it starts in their house. Yeah. They're kids. They're still learning how to be human beings. That's the whole point. You need to have that level of patience with kids because you can't just destroy a kid's hopes and dreams because you're over it. Children are the only thing I have patience with. Yeah. Because they deserve it. Kids deserve to have a chance in life. Right. Like, it's your first time, buddy. I'm going to give you some grace. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories that I hear of teachers just being mean students that didn't really do anything. You know, if other kids are being brats, and getting you frustrated. That's one thing, but you can't take it out on the kids. You got to be able to find your setter. I know a couple teachers and I know that they are always fucking working because they have to do so much planning over the weekends. Like when there's breaks, they're still doing shit. They are constantly fucking busy and I know that they don't get paid enough, but they're not assholes to their students. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is worse than when you are learning something and it's a subject that you could potentially like and a teacher just makes you fucking hate it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It can happen so easily because a good teacher can change a kid's life for the better, but a oh, yeah. bad teacher can do the same. A bad teacher can ruin a kid's self-esteem. I'm friends with a couple of my old teachers on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah, because the one was my astronomy teacher and hmm. he retired halfway through my senior year and he gave me a bunch of stuff from the classroom. He wanted to give me a textbook, but they wouldn't let me, which is funny because those textbooks were not going to be used anymore and they were like from the 70s. Oh, geez. But he's really fucking cool. He was honestly a teacher that made my high school experience a lot better. Mm. I'm friends with my German teacher. Oh, nice. My Chinese teacher likes me a lot. Like, I think he gave me a book when I graduated as well. Unfortunately, Hamilton was full of nepotism, so everybody sucked and was related to each other. Mm. Hamilton has a really high turnover. I looked up the staff recently, and nobody is still teaching there that used to teach there. The only person who was left, I think. Probably because of the shit that went down with the superintendent, and they were all fucking related to each other so they fired the whole family. I don't think I heard about that. <laughs> like, I was talking about Mr. Fraser still being there. Oh, you didn't hear about Mr. Fraser? I mean, like, until he died. Yeah. Okay. I did hear about that. That was sad because I know a lot of people liked him. I wish I was friends with my senior year English teacher because he was so fucking cool. I didn't take any of the, like, advanced classes. So I was just in, like, regular old English and it was such a small class and he was like, you are helping keep me sane in this because everybody in the class was, like, so fucking 
Aww. It got to the point where we were supposed to be reading 1984 or A Clockwork Orange. And he was like, which one do you think that I have a better chance of them understanding? And I was like, I like 1984. So let's do that one. Mm-hmm. And we only like half read the book and half watched the movie and people still didn't fucking get it. Oh, yeah. I feel like 1984 is probably one of the more it's one of the ones that you definitely need to have for just like cultural literacy, I think. I love that book. Animal Farm better. But yeah, it's a good George Orwell. George Orwell just has good books for getting people to understand concepts that are important to understand so that you don't accidentally do a fascism again, Yeah, which I think a lot of people may have missed out on, which is why our country is currently in the whole quagmire. Yeah. So I had yeah. Jason read 1984 because he had never read it before. And I was like, it's one of my favorite books. You got to read it. Uh, he was so upset that it didn't have like a happy end. I was like, not everything does, buddy. I wasn't happy about that either. Have him read Animal farm if he hasn't he probably hasn't have him read animal farm then he'll really be devastated <laughs> yeah, he'll be like i'm never taking book recommendations from you again so i remember there was lots of times where we could read one book or another so there's a lot of books that i probably should have read but didn't read so you got to choose from either i think it's like of mice and men yeah or fahrenheit 451 or something or the secret life of bees so i read the secret life of bees i did of mice and men i really liked the secret life of bees it made me cry uh, multiple times and i feel like it was a good story, but it would have been nice to read some of the other ones. I don't know anything about Of Mice and Men, so I don't know of any of the literary illusions that it would be. It's another culturally important book, I feel. Yeah. yeah. And also Fahrenheit 451, I know is one that's really important, but I also mm-hmm. have not read that one yet. I read The Day After Tomorrow in like junior high. Is that, that before the movie came out? Yeah. So that book is really fucking cool because there's that linear story that it's telling, but in between those mm-hmm. chapters, there is is, I believe, at least, there is the science to back up how the fuck that could actually happen. Oh, that's cool. Because it was written by scientists, I think. Awesome. That would have been sweet. Yeah. Um, I would have been all about that. That was an interesting read. Yeah. We kind of got a little bit off topic there, didn't we? Talk we about... talked about books and writing, and that led that's, to school that's shit. True. Yeah. yeah. Which read back to books. We're on books right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Hey. We're relatively on topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're close. <laughs> the closest we've ever been. Uh, it's boring. Yeah. But actually, yeah. that's a good thing to think about when we're thinking about what books we want to write. It's a good idea to think about what books we like reading. Like, what's your favorite book, Brittany? <laughs> that's an impossible question. I cannot answer. Okay, maybe like a top three. Mine are so different from each other. That's an impossible answer. Yeah, I can't answer that. Really? There is no tops for me. I mean, I guess if I had to, the book I've read the most over over and over again would be oh, blood and chocolate one. oh yeah but that's based on the fact that I've read that several times versus a couple of times. But I don't think it's any better than some of the ones I've read. Right now, I'm really hard for Ruby Dixon. I love her Ice Planet Barbarian books, but ask me in two months and it's probably going to be something else. Yeah. Most read is something because it doesn't matter if it's an epic tale or some huge crazy book. It's just what you choose to read. Then with that Blood and Chocolate from Anita Curtis Claus. That's my favorite book. It's 
my Bible book that's in my guest room. <laughs> Laurel K. Hamilton is my favorite author. I really love her books. Oh, yeah. You got me into her stuff in high school. We were reading spicy shit in high school. <laughs> and most of the reason why I was reading it is because you turned me on to it. Yeah. My grandparents and my parents were like, you like to read books? We'll buy you all the books you want. And they never quality checked the content. They didn't give a fuck as long as I was reading. They were like, hell yeah, here you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Amber? Do you have some favorite books? I do. So, like, my two true favorite books are The Neverending Story and The Hobbit. But mm-hmm. I also really like some basic bitch vampire and dragon books, like Jane Yolen books, Anne McCaffrey, PC and Kristen Cast House of Night series. I can't remember who wrote The Vampire Kisses. Liked Vampire Kisses. It was cute. That sounds really familiar. I have the box set over there, and I have one of the mangas that's autographed. I knew the mangas too. I loved it. It was so cute. I also really love Edgar Allan Poe, and I really love The Cask of Amontillado. Hmm. Like, that's my favorite thing. That's my favorite short story of his. I love a lot of his poetry because it's really dark and romantic, but Cask of Amontillado is, that's my my shit. That's my jam. Fucking love it. (laughs) Murder someone because they annoyed the shit out of you? Abso-fucking-lutely. Oh my gosh, you would have been the scientist at the end of Biodome trying to kill Dolan, bud. The feral person just (laughs) running off into the desert after trying to blow shit up with coconuts? Absolutely. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Okay, that's good shit. Yeah. My favorite book growing up was also Blood and Chocolate. That's something that Brittany and I connected over when we were younger. And then we went and saw the movie and both fucking hated it. Oh, that's unfortunate. It was done really bad. Well, the thing that was done really badly is if they did didn't say it was based on the book a movie by itself it probably would have been okay Mm -hmm. the issue is is that they used not even all the characters from the book just a small handful of characters Mm -hmm. changed their entire relationship and the entire plot it was very unrelated to the actual source material yeah they kill a main plot driving character in the first like five minutes off screen by the way if they wanted to create their own werewolf story they should have just said and done that. It was just really bad in the sense that you know, I watch a lot of book to movie adaptations and I'm sure you guys heard me say this multiple times. You know, it takes a certain amount of finesse to really condense a book into a movie time frame. And as long as they get key points, I can be pretty forgiving about it. Mm. Because I know it's difficult to jam pack all the details from a book into an hour to two hour time frame. I get that. I will say for this particular book that shouldn't have been as much of an issue because it's not a super long book you know no but that's not the point that I'm getting right it's just the fact that it takes a certain amount of finesse and I'm always willing to be forgiving with book to movie adaptations even this one I was sure there was things that was going to get changed around a little bit just to fit within whatever time frame that they're kind of given with the budget that they're given but the fact is it just felt extremely disrespectful the Mm. way that it was handled because this wasn't blood and chocolate by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. It felt extremely unrelated. Yeah. She doesn't even end up with Aiden. She ends up with Gabriel in the end. Yeah. In the books. And they made Gabriel the stepfather in this and that's supposed to be her main love interest. It was so really weird. Fucking weird. Yeah. I agree. That particular one, like I'm usually the one to kind of give movies a pass, you know, if they're like really different from even the source material and whatnot. But this was too close to my heart. 
I couldn't separate it because a lot of times I'll be like, oh, it's very different from the book. It's not true to the book, but on its own merit, it can be decent. This one, I can't have that disconnect there because that book is just too personal to me. It's like me when they made Aragon. It's not Mm. even a personal with it, honestly. It's just the fact Mm -hmm. that if you've read the book even once, you're just going to be confused as fuck as to what you're watching. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's definitely not for the people that read the book. They basically were expecting that nobody read this book and that they were just going to be able to do whatever the fuck they want with it, it seems like. That's unfortunate. You could just change all the character names and it'd be fine. And it would have been a whole new story and we'd be like, okay. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to borrow the title, just say that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That sucks. As far as my other favorite books, I'd have to say right now it's Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. All right. I always associate Tchaikovsky with music. This is not the same Tchaikovsky. No. Because I believe that they are currently alive and currently still making books in this series. But yeah, the Children of Time series, really good. I love me some sci The thing I like about this book is just how accurate it is to real life because the idea is like they have spiders that were given this virus that makes them basically evolve quicker. They're advanced and it kind of delves into the differences between what human advanced looks like and what spider advanced looks like and just how accurate they are with the way that the spiders behave and their social stuff. The world building in it is fantastic. Yeah, I like me some sci-fi shit. I really don't like spiders. Oh, you don't? I fucking love them. No, I am horrified. I'm allergic to spiders. Oh, that'll do it. You wouldn't like the book I was reading the other day. It's by Tiffany Roberts. You being a spider alien. Mm -mm. (laughs) Lots of shibari in it. I like shibari. I don't like spiders, though. (laughs) Well, guess what the shibari's made out of? Uh, (laughs) I don't want the sticky spider web shibari. (laughs) Bye, Bari. No. Yeah. They have sequels that use cephalopods. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the octobabies. <laughs> But yeah, I have that animal special interest. I got all the animal facts. So maybe using something that I can put a bunch of ridiculous animal facts into that another fucking animal autistic out there can like listen to it and just be like, oh, that's that's an actual thing. It me. It'll be me. (laughs) I would love for you to create your sci-fi adventure. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely want to help you plan that. I think that'll be so fun. Sweet. Just like doing this podcast episode has got me kind of excited for some NaNoWriMo action. So Brittany's got the spicy, you've got the sci-fi, and (laughs) I want to write people getting mangled. (laughs) Good old mangling. Well, that would be cool, especially if you can make some sweet... I don't know what age range you were targeting, but I really liked some spoopy books when I was a kid, like the scary stories to tell in the dark. Well, these would not be like scary stories to tell in the dark. These are way too descriptive for that. (laughs) Right on. I know anatomy. And Uh one of my friends is a medic, so... So you can get the real shit. I have access to so much information about shit. Yeah, I can't wait to read that shit. I'm pretty sure I'll have nightmares. And that's (laughs) what I want from it, is I want nightmares. So bring them on! Which is funny, because, like, I don't like spooky. I don't like spooky movies. I don't like the Saw movies. I don't like Paranormal Activity. I don't fuck with that shit. I can do, like, 80s cheesy horror. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was going to get at. Because my type of horror, I'm very specific. I don't 
like what I consider as gore porn. So once yeah. you get past Saw 2 was really phenomenal and Saw 1 was phenomenal. Saw 3 was okay. Mm-hmm. After that, garbage. Throw it all in the trash. I hate mm-hmm. all of those. I saw the first one in theaters and somebody had to like sign me in because I was underage. And I, oh, no. I fucking regretted it. <laughs> I hate those movies. I thought they, it was really good. It was real psychological. That's what I liked about it. They scare the shit out of me because I'm like, no, somebody could do this shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was what's so good about it. That's what I yeah, fucking the- hate about it. It's terrifying. It's the gore porn. I like the unsettling. Mm. I like the spooky. I like Rosemary's Baby. I like mm. the exorcist. Yeah. I like the 1978 version of Halloween. Yeah. I like the original mm. Freddy Krueger. I mm. like the 1978 version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because that was terrifying. Mm. The first Scream Ooh. movie. I like all the Screams, but I just really like Ghostface. I've only seen the first one. I've seen all four. Well, I think there's another one out now. Yeah, I don't think I've one. seen the newer one, but I've seen up to four. <laughs> I haven't. I was trying to think of what kind of like horror I partake of. And I usually like kind of like the psychological horror as well, but more stuff like the first thing that comes to mind is something like Perfect Blue, mm-hmm. where it's like by Satoshi Kone. Yeah. 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 Good. <laughs> like some Satoshi Kone. Yeah. Like pretty much anything he does is basically falls in that sort of psychological horror. Paranoia agent. Wow. I yeah. love Paranoia agent. I like Serial Experiments Lane. I really like Jinji Ito stuff. Eventually we'll get that mm. Uzumaki anime. It looks fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah. It looks like they finally like nailed his style in an anime, which is so hard to do. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, but clearly I love Jinji Ito because I've got the big banner piece on my arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jinji Ito freaks me out too much. I don't know if it's just the particular art style or the stories, but I like how Satoshi Kon handles the stories because they're just mind fucks. Yeah. They're just mind fucks more than scary. Yeah. And like Paprika. I love Paprika. It's not necessarily a horror movie, but there's a sort of deep psychological horror in your dreams all kind of melding into one crazy fucking parade. Yeah. Something about that is pretty bonkers. I was trying to like remember some of these movies that I was thinking of that were in the horror genre and so I just googled psychological horror and some of the movies that is pulling up, I wouldn't necessarily call horror, you know? Sucker Punch didn't feel very horror It is kind of similar to Paprika. It's definitely a very thoughtful piece and yeah. something I would like to do an episode on because a lot of people hated it, but I feel like the people that hated it didn't get the message of what the movie was trying to convey. If you ever want to hear me just talk non-stop without you guys having to say anything. Let me talk about the Cloverfield movies. <laughs> I fucking love them. I think the only one I've ever actually watched all the way through was Ted and Cloverfield Lane with John Goodman. Yeah. I thought that one was really good. Apparently a lot of people didn't quite like the third one, but it literally wrapped everything up together, but that's for a completely different time. You don't allow me to get into that. <laughs> I see. That makes sense. We're talking about books, not movies, and that wasn't a book. <laughs> I was always surprised at things that I found out were actually books. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be because books are where people get real content for stuff anymore, it seems like. It's pretty rare for a truly original piece, an original movie to come out that's not based on a book or not based on anything, you know? Yeah. But who knows? Maybe something that one of us write might become something one day. Maybe. You never know. The best thing to do is just to keep trying. And that's the whole thing with the NaNoWriMo, just kind of winding it back around. It's just a goal because people tend to work better with deadlines and it kind of just gives them something to work through and if you make it into a little competition
competition. Some people thrive under that. It's a good thing to try. I'm excited to see what I produce. I'm excited to see what you will produce, Lilith, and what you will produce, Amber. And hopefully we'll be working together this month, plotting and planning. If I get to it, because November's busy for me because of the holiday. Mm. Like, I've got multiple that, people that want to order buys and stuff from me. Ooh. Totally. High slinging. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, a making machine? Just join yeah. in when you're feeling it, you know? That's what the thing is supposed to be fun. Yeah. So if yeah. it doesn't feel fun anymore, don't do it. Like, it'll just be something they kind of do sometimes and, like, maybe just get started. Just uh, do the thing. Yeah. A little smackerel of writing. A little smackerel. Smackerel. Yeah. And sometimes when you get started, you realize how much fun you're having and you don't stop until suddenly, fuck, I did it. <laughs> you know, it happens. Yeah. And you accidentally, the whole thing. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> but yeah, totally. It's been fun. It's a wide variety to talk on. I mean, I think we've kind of covered everything with writing. Yeah. Not really necessarily NaNoWriMo, but I mean, we covered the important stuff, like the event and the rules. It's something that some folks started and then it became a thing. Is there prizes? Do people win prizes sometimes? Depends on how you sign up and what you sign up for, but there are things that do that. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on how serious you're actually wanting to take it. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't because honestly, that's too much pressure. <laughs> but doing it is something fun between us. Just get them writing chops, chopping again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. The whole point is just to try and try your best and we'll see what pops out. Maybe there'll be a follow-up episode and we're like, hey, guess what? We wrote some things. Go check it out. That'd be sick. Yeah. And hey, if anybody listening is writing something for NaNoWriMo, like, tell us about it in the comments wherever you're listening to this. Uh, we want to hear from you. Yeah, like, email us, comment on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, dang, I think, do we hear that bell ringing? Is it time to leave lunch and go back to the normal world? Oh, yeah. Time to go start writing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. Well, it's been real. Bye. Peace.